Hi everybody, it's Bob Tulio. Welcome to Automatic Merchandisers Vending and OCS Nation, the podcast for the convenience services industry. You know I get kind of enthusiastic sometimes, but especially when I'm privileged to kick off November with a podcast about C.J. Recker, who is truly respected in the industry for his visionary thinking as a marketing executive and his dedication to giving back. C.J. is VP of Marketing for Five Star Food Service, one of the nation's leading operators, and he is co-founder of Feeding the Future, a nonprofit that is focused on feeding kids. After a stint in sports marketing-related jobs, he redirected his energy to join Five Star in 2014, where he became immersed in industry activity. By 2015, I was serving on NAMA's ELN committee. 2016, I was fortunate to be able to go to EDP up at, up at Michigan State and then joined the state council and regional council for Tennessee and SEVA uh, by 2019. So it was one of those jump into the deep end with both feet and, and, and start running. Um, hey, you got really involved right off the bat. That's good. Well, that's the way to do it, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, it's. I think it's really paved a really really great path for me. And I've learned a ton by just meeting people across the industry, getting connected to folks in all aspects, operators, suppliers, and it really helped me understand the business. Let's talk about your current role. What does that entail? Fortunate to lead a team of uh, nine super talented uh, marketing professionals. We oversee brand marketing. Uh, we have a marketing operations arm as well as some design services. Some of what we do is a little bit non-traditional when you think about marketing. One of the unique challenges that I find for our industry, or at least at Five Star, is we do a heavy set of B2B marketing and then a lot of B2C marketing as well in terms of marketing to the end consumer that would be visiting our vending machines or visiting our micro markets or coming to the coffee machine. And you know, how do we make that experience better and have them increase? The, the amount that they're buying from us and also the, the frequency that they come back. Um, well, that's a pretty comprehensive approach. So when you talk about the non-traditional, you're talking about, in a marketing sense, the business development side, the fact yes. that you guys are involved in the business development side. But that's interesting that you've, you're also involved very directly in connecting with the consumer, the end user. I mean, we do consumer insight surveys, coming up with and running uh, retail-based promotions, discounts in micromarkets, uh, at the vending machine, you know, various ways of, of helping engage the consumer and creating a better experience for them. So, yeah. so would, that, would you say that's how your job has evolved over the years? You know, our company, so I was reflecting back, our company's five times bigger now than when I started. So that's oh. naturally going to create some... <laughs> some differences in the role, but also like I, I came into the industry when, you know, we had, a, we had a hundred micro markets at the time and we're going to surpass 4,000 by the end of the year. So clearly been a huge focus for us. And so we've kind of evolved more into what we call kind of a retail mindseted company, obviously that being more focused on micro markets, but we still have that heavy focus on coffee, pantry, dining as complementary service points to, to those locations. We are heavily involved with operations and, and driving uh, same store sales and new business was really the, the heavy focus. And then over time we've matured, I would say, into more of a true marketing department where we're doing a lot of those more traditional marketing activities of helping build the brand, but still supporting everything else. Let's go back to the retail mindset and targeting the consumer directly. It's a big undertaking, and have you found that you have quantifiable results that show this is working? 
Yes. The ability to use the technology that's available through the backend systems of our tech providers to pull that data out, uh, slice and dice it, look at it. We've, we're building a, a business intelligence team now here at Five Star. And so leveraging the data to make smarter decisions is something that kind of comes along with that retail mindset. We've got a category management team now that's making sure that we've got the right products in the right place, at the right price at the right time. And so we're closely linked to them as well. When you kind of think about a retail environment, like a convenience store, like a drugstore, like a Walmart. Those are some of the folks that, that we look at to benchmark ourselves and what we're doing in terms of the, not only the set of products that we use, but the experience that the consumer would have. So as much as we can replicating the, the experience that they have on a regular day basis, allowing that to occur also in, in the break room and using those best practices that we can, as best we can. How have you adjusted the business to deal with the fact that you have 50% of the people that you are serving out there than you did in 2019? We like to think it's more than 50, and maybe that's just a geographical difference. But yeah, as much as you can, communications and expectation setting, that's the biggest key, making sure that you understand what they expect of you, and then also what they can expect in return from us as operators. I think since 2019, we've got a lot of requests that would never have come before. You know, we have a a yes mindset first. And as long as it's a a net benefit on both sides, we'll make it work. Can you give me an example of the kind of request that you've had to deal with that in 2019, you would have said what? We had a a large manufacturing client, a multi-location site that was having huge challenges with turnover. You know, they'd seen some of the things that we were doing on the white collar side from like a pantry perspective. And so we we helped them build a, a program that was offering two free meals a day from a manufacturing, large manufacturing site. We had never seen that sort of opportunity or request made prior to the pandemic. What is it about this business that you really love? I would say people and, and relationships. We have the ability to impact millions of people's lives. And it's kind of like a seemingly small way, like a cup of coffee or a snack, but it has a high level of impact. That's just super cool to be able to, to be in a space where you know we can either make somebody's day really, really good if, if we have and are providing what they're, they're seeking at that moment. It's just neat that we have one of the closest relationships to our end consumer of, of any industry. How did you become involved with Feeding the Future, which you're, you're co-founder of? So I was placed on the board by, our, by my uncle, our CEO at the time. I guess you could call, call it being voluntold. Yeah, was, you were recruited for sure. Yeah, re- recruited. Uh, but I'd been kind of pressing him and my boss a little bit, like, let's get into some cause marketing type things. What's something that we can do to give back to the community? So when the nonprofit came together, I was put on the board and uh, Danielle Russell, our senior director of brand marketing, it was kind of put on us, hey, come up with a name, come up with a logo. Uh, how can we raise money? The, the way that it came to be, at least the, the initial idea behind it, a new sandwich that was coming out, they came to us and said, hey, there's this great program going on through Feeding America, and it's called Sack Packs. And it's a backpack of food that a kid gets on a Friday and gets them back to school fed and not hungry. And we want 25 cents off every single one of the sandwiches that you sell during this 30-day promotional period to go to this cause. Created an advertisement, put it on our kiosk, and we raised like $7,000 in 30 days. Hmm. And we were like, holy cow, we can make a huge impact with something like this. That was... 
April of 2017 and by January of 2018 we had our 501c3 and kind of were off and running and by January we'd had our first golf tournament that we do every year to raise money pretty cool story and and just blessed to be involved with something that's so neat so this was launched right out of five-star food service correct yes yeah so okay. it's uh we're a hundred percent volunteer run and it's kind of missional for us now we're a, a food-based company and a lot of the partners that we work with to raise money are are also food-based and so everybody just gets super excited about the mission and the cause behind what we're doing and it's just been super humbling to see the support is the backpack program the core of the whole thing at this point that that's definitely the core focus you know there's some statistics around kids who are hungry much more apt to get in trouble at school they can't focus at school so there's a lot of things that if you just get them fed before they get there they're set up for success in such a better way. We're basically a fundraising arm and an awareness arm for a lot of the food bank partners that we donate and partner with. For us, we bring in as much money as we can throughout the year through several different ways of raising money. And then we pass that along to the different partners uh, that are within our, our footprint. So as Five Star continues to grow, we add more and more partners. So we want to make sure that we've that we're setting up and, and donating food to make an impact everywhere that Five Star serves. So that's kind of part of the, the goal behind it is whenever we recently moved into the, the Gulf Coast down in Louisiana, we partnered with the food bank down there. And I think we've got 21 different food banks that we support now. So raising awareness about hunger, for, especially for kids, and then bringing in as much money as we can. So fundamentally, though, you, your objective is to get food into the backpacks of kids so that they're not hungry at school. Yep. They're not hungry on the weekends, correct? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, the, a lot of the kids that that, were, that benefit from these programs are on the free and reduced lunch program at, at school. And so they're being fed while they're at school. The big gaps are weekends and then also the summertime. How big is it now from a dollar standpoint? Can you, is that something you want to share? Yeah, totally fine. Love to share that. We started quite small. Our first, I think our first year, that 2017 year, we raised around $50,000, which again, is not small. Now we've got over 600 employees from Five Star that donate payroll deduct out of their paycheck. So that's an awesome, sustainable way to, to generate funds. And then through our other fundraising events, we raise enough to be able to donate about 200K a year. This year, I think we're going to officially pass a million dollars donated out of it, Wow! which is, yeah, super, super cool. And again, just completely humbling to have experienced all the support that's kind of been put behind this. You want to cite some industry partnerships that have helped drive Feeding the Future? Uh, Vistar has been huge for us. We we typically have like 80-something sponsors at these golf tournaments that we do. So <laughs> I don't know if I can get through the whole list, but Vistar has been huge. Coca-Cola, Monster, Red Bull, Great American Deli. And then, then a lot of our broker partners like Brokers Unlimited and them rallying all the different brands that, that they work with. BBI and G&J. You know, our, our original founding partners, uh, 55 Focus, the, uh, the Richardson brothers and, and that family. They, uh, they helped kind of bring that idea to us. So they were, Chris Alihar, I think, was repping the sandwich that, that they brought to us. And so that was kind of the, the initial idea. And they provided a lot of the, the initial funding for, for us. And so, yeah, just grateful for everybody that's been supportive. How about some of the uh, partners that have really helped contribute to the success of Five Star? Is there any, any companies you want to mention in particular? The tech side, you know, we partner with 365 on our kiosks and micromarkets. I mean, we've worked with several 
folks over the years as the evolution goes on. I mean, we work with DSAT now, Cantaloupe card readers. Um, we're now partnered with NIAX on card readers. So they've dually shared in, in our success over the years. Vensys has been our back end and uh, appreciate them kind of growing. And that's one of the one of the things is we really look for partners that are willing and able to kind of grow with us. Yeah. And I mean, then the broker partner network, you know, them finding, sourcing great new products for us to be able to bring in. What's what's really the secret sauce, would you say, at Five Star? What's made the company successful? One of the words that's coming to mind right now is grit. Just that innate, deep down desire to do whatever it takes to, to get the job done. And then humility. I think that's a, a trait that across the board at, at Five Star uh, in almost every position and level, like no one's too big to do any specific role. And we're all as much as we can be, you know, as being as big as we are, you know, rowing in, in the same direction. Not to say that there's not people challenging each other because that's also good for the organization, but there's just a strong belief in what we're doing. And yeah, just that desire to, to serve the customer bring your best every single day. I mean, I think that's what it takes to truly be successful. What's the impact, do you think, on the employees who participate in in the uh, Feeding the Future program and, and the overall impact of having a cause marketing program that people have really embraced? It's become part of our values set. We've got uh, community is one of our four core values. And yeah, you know, obviously we're private equity backed, so profit's got to be something that we rally around. Customer, obviously, making sure that they're happy because that's what drives profit but you know giving back to the community investing in that and showing that we're investing back in the, to the community is huge i mean we've got like i mentioned earlier 600 employees that give out of their paycheck every two weeks to donate to this cause kind of thinking about that it's pretty awesome to that there's that many people that would care enough to, to donate money out of their paycheck. What we vow, we're making sure as much as we can that your contributions are going back to your local community, you know, because we've got, I think, 30 something different branches now. And so knowing them knowing that, hey, my money that I'm con- contributing is going back to to support the local community that I live and work in is impactful. And I think that people gravitate towards companies and people that believe in service, giving back and doing good. You know, that's, it's definitely something that we can rally around. Well, it sounds like you've really got buy-in, not only in the way your customers are served, but in terms of how you serve the community. Yep. That's great. Hey, thanks a lot, CG. I really appreciate it. That's it for now. On the 21st of November, third Tuesday of the month, we'll be providing a good look at the Coffee, Tea, and Water Show, giving you some operator and supplier insights. On the 28th, we'll be focusing on the fast-changing world of cashless payment systems. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe. Until next time, I'm Bob Tulio.